Welcome to our next installment of the Rebels of the Heart virtual conference series. It's been an ongoing segment where we've featured great leaders across all different areas of business, different companies, really showing the next generation of leadership and what leadership with a heart looks like in terms of rebels breaking the rules, creating new rules, and, and establishing what a healthy business and personal relationship can look like. I'm Derek Bunston, CEO of Life Guides, uh, and we're building a platform for preparing people to do extraordinary good by using technology to match people who have been through a life challenge of some sort with those who are going through the same or a very similar experience now provide peer-to-peer mentorship support and guidance to help people be happier, healthier, and more productive in both their work life and home life and where those come together. Amazing. Well, welcome to Rebels of the Heart. Brandon Rittenberry, it's an honor to have you on with us today. It's a fun conversation. It's good to see you, my friend. And uh, yeah, good to see you too. Welcome to the show. So I'll kick it off with a, with a question I like to ask our guests to start. What is a, what's a Rebel with a Heart to you, how did you define that, or how do you imagine that? And yeah, in your life. Yeah, I, I love that question. Um, you know, honestly, I think a, a rebel with the heart is somebody that is undeterred by what has been done in the past. Um, somebody that wants to, but but that also leads with their heart, right? So it's somebody that uh, has a desire to do good, to inspire, to change their community, whatever that may be. Um, and, and they're, they're unfettered by the past and what may have not worked and they're willing to try whatever they need to try in order to get the result that they want. So, uh, that's what I think. Early change agents putting their heart, putting people at the center of that. Of that yeah, effort. yeah absolutely. Absolutely. So how's that showing up for you? I know a little bit about what you do day to day and about what you're doing with Sherm. So I'll talk with us a little bit about how that applies in your, in your mission right now and your work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say specifically through SHRM, you know, we have a true mission to SHRM New Mexico to help yeah. the HR professional in New Mexico to be better than they've ever been before. And so what we do is we, through networking opportunities, through continuing education, through professional development, um, and, and a variety of other other things, you know, we're helping them in order to do that. And so, you know, from a leadership perspective, you know, what we try to make sure that we do, uh, which is not so unique, um, but I think it's very important is always talk about the why, right? And especially in a position like with SHRM, uh, which, you know, we're all volunteer leaders. Um, and so as I'm kind of managing uh, along with uh, my colleague, James Stevens, we're kind of leading the state of New Mexico's um, state council, uh, which is made up of about 40 volunteer leaders. You know, we're we're always bringing it back to to the why. Uh, and that's that's extremely important. Um, and I guess the other thing that I would say that that I think, so I think a lot of organizations do that. Um, but one of the other things that we really focus on uh, is is really trying to make our environment uh, a get to uh, yeah. instead of a have to. And oh, and yeah. that that leads us to, I think, come up with some pretty creative and innovative ways to keep people engaged, right? Because, you know, we we really believe that, you know, people, they have a desire to do this work. Um, and many times when we meet, we're going to be wherever we're going to be for a certain number of hours. And so if we're already committed to being there for X amount of hours. Well, let's make it the best that we can make it right. Let's make sure that everybody gets something out of it. And how do we ensure then that when people are thinking about coming to our meeting, when people are thinking about working with us, how can we make sure that people feel like, yes, today is yeah. whatever the day is Tuesday. And I get to see Brandon. I get to see my colleagues. I get to. Um, you know, be a part of that community um, because, you know, we're going to be here. So let's make it the best, you know, four hours or two hours, whatever it is, let's make it the best that we can possibly make it. And that has really helped us 
uh, and help me in a variety of ways in my life, I think create experiences for people um, that, you know, fulfill them uh, from a spiritual and, and, and an emotional standpoint and, and also financially here, yeah. uh, I, I work at Aon. Um, but, uh, but it, but it, it makes them, um, it, it helps, I think the overall well-being uh, as well. Uh, this is just a different feel than I, I think what they may get other places. I see the way that you're doing it. And I agree. You're making a lot of fun and you really are connecting with people on that deep level. And I think it's, you can feel the energy having been at your conference. You can feel that experience that and what you guys and how you're cultivated in that community and the way you're serving it. So kudos on that, on that work. Um, Share a little bit about the story of how you, how you've kind of gotten to this place. I mean, tell how, 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 what led you down the path of the HR function, the companies that you're in? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, thank you. So I, I won't make it too long winded for sure. But, uh, but, you know, I, I, I've been, uh, in the professional services, um, uh, field I'll say for my entire career. So, uh, so just about 12 years. Uh, and in that time, I've actually never been an HR practitioner myself, but I've always been a partner too. So I started off as a, a headhunter recruiter for a, a third party staffing company. And so I'd partner with HR on recruiting top talent, um, you know, wherever they needed it. And so, it, so that, that, that was a partner of HR. And so what I realized very early on is if you're going to be a true partner with somebody, you, you have to understand what they're going through. And the first place that you should start with that is by just asking them, you know, what's going on and, you know, it, not with you, with your organization, sure. with, with, with the market, right. You can get more macro. Um, but, but the second place is, you know, by, by being in, in involved where they're involved. And so that's Sherm. And so I, I've been involved with Sherm, New Mexico now for, um, you know, for, for essentially that entire time I've been professionally working for 12. I think I've been part of Sherm for 11. Yeah. Uh, and now I, I work for an or a consulting firm, uh, called Aon, which is a large global consulting firm. And, and so typically with HR professionals, although I partner with them on different things right now, I'm primarily partnering with them on employee benefits, um, brokerage services, you know, those uh, for insurance, uh, those types of things. So it's still a partner. Yeah. And I think that people within my organization now would tell you that I've been really pretty successful in what I do. And the reason for that is, is that is because I understand uh, where human resources is coming from. And probably more importantly than that, many times it's where they're going. And yeah. so, you know, as, as people are continually, and especially now looking for innovative ways to, uh, you know, retain employees, uh, you know, we hear so much about great resignation and, um, you know, all, 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 uh, all types of different, uh, obviously it's employee market, yeah. we hear that a lot, people are just changing jobs because they can and they're getting paid more or whatever. It's so, so important to be innovative um, and to be a trailblazer in setting where, you know, things should, should go uh, so that your organization has that competitive advantage. And so I think I have a, um, a fairly unique ability to help with that um, yeah. because, well, I work for an organization that um, is, thinks that way as well, uh, but also because I'm, I'm in those rooms hearing the challenges uh, and being, um, you know, what I would consider a little bit of a rebel you know, hey, let's figure out, you know, how we can, how we can do something a little bit different right. uh, and get a better result for everybody. So, yeah, anyway. I mean, my, my impression of you knowing you too, is that you always bring us a, a high degree of optimism and curiosity to everything that you do. Is that, has that been something that's been core to you always? Like what was your journey before getting? 
No, uh, that has not that has not been a, uh, a core to me. Um, I I used to be and and I I'm not going to blame anybody for this but myself. But I used to be super grumpy and uh, and very slow moving. Um, so my first job, uh, you know, like I said, out of college, I was working for this staffing firm, and um, uh, my boss uh, was out of, was out of Denver, and she'd come fly in, you know, to check on us. Uh, every, I don't know, maybe month or so. And every time she would see me, I'd be like, I didn't do well enough today and I'm not good enough. And and we, and, and many times, unfortunately, we have this storyteller in the back of our brain that tells us that stuff and we keep it inside. But I was so that way that I would let it out and I would like be a total bummer to everyone. And so this is like, a you know, like 11 years ago yeah. and I would bump people out. And so my boss gave me the nickname, and I don't know that this totally applies, but of Snuffleupagus, the uh, the <laughs> elephant from uh, yeah, right from Sesame Street. Street. Yeah, Sesame Street, because it was just like um, I would say probably more akin to Eeyore than Snuffleupagus, right? But um, so so absolutely not. Um, but but I I realized quickly that you know as a leader, um, you know you you got to you got to change that, and you got to start feeding yourself more positive um, ideas and. Um, and honestly, you know, I, I started to change that. And, uh, you know, so when I was, I, I guess, maybe maybe 22 years old um, and, and when I was 25, uh, they gave me the keys to to the entire office. I mean, that's kind of what a difference it made. Right. And so then so then it wasn't just about me and what I was doing. You know, then I was you know managing our New Mexico operations and I had 12 people reporting up to me. And so in, in that role, again, now being a leader, um, you know, I had to read a lot of, you know, motivating things and get a lot of ideas. And um, so I, I absolutely changed a huge part of the core of who I am uh, intentionally. And, uh, and it, it is paid dividends. What was the, sh- what was the instance of that, of that shift? Where really? Was it just the nickname? Was that enough for you to have an awakening or a moment of awareness to be like, I don't, I don't like it. Or was it something more significant or more specific than that? That, yeah, no, that's a great, yeah, that, that's a great, that's a great question. And I, I don't know that there was a specific moment, but I, what I will, it wasn't the Snuffleupagus thing like that kind of bugged me, right. As it would bug Snuffleupagus, but um, it bugged me, but it, it wasn't enough. It's just, you know, I, what I realized was uh, I've always tried to, regardless of, you know, maybe that mentality, I've always tried to put myself in a room with people that I want to be like, right. Especially as a young professional um, that's always where I've worked is, is who, who can I shadow? Who do I want to be like? And I've been very fortunate here, um, specifically in, in New Mexico to be in rooms with the leaders, uh, of a lot of the largest organizations here and, and people that I, I really admire. And what I learned, uh, over the course of time is that none of the people that I wanted to be like were, were complaining. And what I used to think is that if you weren't complaining about stuff, well, that you were being fake. Uh, that, you know, because everybody has problems, right? Everybody sure. has issues. And so if you're not, not talking about those things, then, then that's not real. You should be talking about both good and bad. And to some extent, yeah. I still believe that. But but what happens is, is that when you are um, positive and you try to be positive, things start going your way a whole lot more, or, or maybe you just feel that way, start going your way a whole lot more than when they're going bad. And so I remember going to this meeting and, uh, and there's this guy that uh, I saw, he was a professional speaker and he was a businessman and, and he was in line at this event. We we're both going to be at this event. He didn't know who I was. He knows who I am now. And, um, anyway, so he's checking in at the registration table in front of me. And, uh, the woman who's checking him in asks him, Hey, Steve, how are you doing today? And he said, Oh, you know, my cup runneth over. 
And I don't know why for me, like my cup runneth over was like the coolest response that anybody could have. Like, how are you doing? And, uh, and so I was like, man, I gotta like, I don't know. That's so cool. Like I need to, you know, I, I think in order to be the person that I want to be, I really gotta, I really gotta do some work on me first. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, so obviously there was, there was reading, there was a lot of self-reflection, there was some meditation, changing my schedule at the time I was waking up, you know, say I had to be at work at eight. I was waking up at like seven 40, you know, like you getting, you know, it was crazy. Right. But all those things kind of, kind of add up. Um, and, uh, and, and so I had to change my schedule and that's tough, you know, to go from waking up at seven 40 to trying to do like a five 30 thing and, uh, and get ahead of your day and play some offense as opposed to when you get up so late, you're playing defense all day, right? Because you know you get to the office or you, whatever, and it's already in your inbox. You can play right. no offense, and um, so I think really being able to 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 have that mental shift has helped me to take control of my day, which has helped me to help other people, which has helped us to um, you know really inspire uh, a whole community. Now I'm talking specifically about New Mexico Sherm yeah. into being a part of something that's bigger than themselves and doing something that they can be proud of and and something that you know we all think is great i love it what's the what's the vision you have as you're trying to transition into the the chair role of how you're going to take the, the energy and the ethos of what you're building do you have a vision for the growth and the expansion of what's possible right now with, with yeah a- absolutely I, I absolutely think that you know so we our, our membership is a certain number it, it is what it is and and i am interested in growing that number for sure but what will be more impactful for me is to really make this Sherm, New Mexico, a, a more collective and engaged community. Because um, right now, I would say that um, you know our our members are there's it's starting to be more, um, but our members haven't been as engaged as what I would like. And there are some ge- geographical challenges that I think actually you know COVID and and the way the new technology is is taking away. But New Mexico is the fifth largest state in the United States. Uh, but we have one of the fewest populations. And so there's a lot of rural communities, but there's HR professionals there. Absolutely. And and they need to be hearing about what's cutting edge and what they could do. And they need to have those ideas and they need to get inspired by the great speakers that, like yourself that we bring in. Um, and so, so really what I would like to see is I would like to see our community grow in engagement. I want more people um, to you know be attending the conference. I want more people to be um, you know, tuning in to, you know, different um, uh, areas where, you know, they're hearing speakers and and networking. And um, so the vision is, and, and I'll, I'll put some quantitative numbers to it, of course, because I mean, that's who I am as, yeah. as, uh, as a business person. But, but I think that I'm going to start from a touchy feely place, which is I just want it to feel better. I want it to feel more engaged. I want more ideas that are coming in uh, because once once you, I think, get to a critical mass of people that are interested and they want to see, you know, things change, I think that's when you can really make yeah. a big difference. Um, and I, I think that we're starting that process, but I don't think we're there yet. So when we do this again at some point, I'll, I'll have some more hard numbers for you. But I, I just want it to feel inclusive. Really, yeah, absolutely. I, I love the I love the energy and intention you're bringing to. And I agree that I think you have an opportunity because of the exact demographics you talked about, kind of the, the, how Mexico is, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of opportunity to, to kind of forge your own path and do things differently, do it. In Absolutely. A um, yeah. And I think that's a really, especially because of what's happened in the timing of technology and the unique um, population of the community there. I think there's a lot, a real, a lot of really fascinating possibilities 
um, that you guys are just starting to really hone in on. So yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. And I, I would also like to see our organization. Um, and I'm I'm working on stuff now, but I would actually also like to see our organization more involved with uh, with more of the um, like with New Mexico economic development. You know, New Mexico is a state. Uh, and it's no secret that, you know, we are one of the the poorest states um, in the United States. And that uh, is not pessimism, that pessimism, that that's just a fact. And 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 I think that uh, especially from, you know, the business community, uh, there is a real desire to see that change. And I think that, that we believe that we can do a lot of good work through the private sector um, to help affect that. Uh, and again, not to exclude anybody, but um but I'd really like to see, you know, our HR professionals more involved in helping to attract organizations to to come to this state. Yeah. Um, because, um, you know, what what all organizations have trouble with is, you know, retention and recruiting. I mean, I, I meet as somebody that, you know, consults with, you know, businesses uh, all over the place. I mean, everybody has the same challenges. And many times, honestly, those challenges are related to, um, you know, human capital and people. And so our HR community really needs to help be a voice for, you know, the organizations that are thinking about coming here uh, about, you know, what what does the talent look like and what do people want here? And, you know, as opposed to, you know, so many times organizations just try to give people a bunch of programs and, hey, we think you want this and we think you want that. Um, Having our HR community, you know, really get people to think about what you need to ask. You know, you really need to ask about what people want and then and then give it to them. And that's going to lead to higher recruitment, higher retention and ultimately then a, a better culture. So, you know, so HR, um, you know, HR is great. And, and I think in so many ways it is it is the most important department uh, of any organization. And I know I'm biased, um, but but I'd like to see us be in, in conversations that um, really lead to a better business community. Uh, in New Mexico as a whole. And so uh, so we're going to work on that too. So one one kind of final question, you have the opportunity to see kind of from the Sherm lens, a lot of different organizations in the state, but also from your day-to-day area of being a provider and a supporter. What are you seeing some of the companies, some of the, some of the leading companies that are doing it differently right now? How are they showing up or what are some of the the best practices that you're that you're observing right now in New Mexico around changes in response to work, the future of work and economic development broadly? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a great question. I, I think one of the, um, I'll, I'll kind of lead with something that I talked about in, in the last answer, which is asking people what they want. Yeah. Um, you know, recently we've seen organizations do what's called a, a conjoint study, a conjoint analysis. And I don't know if you're familiar with that, but essentially um, you you survey, uh, you know, the people in your organization and, you know, it doesn't have to be company. It can be Sherm, it can be whatever. Sure. Uh, and you do it in a way that that compares two things. So as it relates to things within within benefits or what people want, as opposed to saying, would you like more pay? Everybody's going to say yes. Would you like uh, more time off? Everybody's going to say yes. Would you like, um, you know, for us to help, you know, with uh, student tuition reimbursement? Even people that may not affect may say yes because they want the organization to offer more things. Yeah. What organizations I think really need to do is they need to ask, okay, hey, what if it was about um, you know paid time off versus an increase in salary? Which one would you prefer, right? And, and you could even do a five percent raise versus two days um, of additional paid time off, and it depends on industry. Um, or you could do, you know, what I see a lot of organizations considering right now are, are lifestyle um, spending uh, accounts, yeah. which uh, as opposed to, which would which would allow organizations to fund kind of a, a more general account that 
the employee would be able to elect kind of what benefits they want within their organization that is pertinent to them, right? So if it's help with elder care, or if it's student tuition, or if it's daycare, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, they, they get to choose. Um, and, and so it's really, really, and, and especially in this environment with an extremely low unemployment rate, and we all know that it's an employee market, it, it's really about finding out what people want, not just, you know, um, you know, having a, a predisposed idea about what they want and, and trying to push that out and market it. Uh, it's about just giving people what they want. And so it's common sense. Um, but, uh, but, but asking people what they want and then providing it, um, is honestly the, the most innovative and then having companies think about, think through how can we actually, how can we actually do that? Um, it, it shows employees that you're listening, um, and it, and it's, uh, it, it can end up being, you know, really pretty innovative. And I know I'll, I'll kind of finish with this, that, 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 that works well when I, you know, was managing this branch of, uh, of my staffing company. You know, the way that I started out that year was asking people what it, what did they want? And then for for certain work that they did, it wasn't even productivity, but it was just activity. If you did the right actions, then you would essentially be rewarded uh, with that for uh, you would be rewarded for that with whatever it was that you wanted. And so some people cut out, you know, at three thirty or whatever the case may be when the end time was five. And, and some people there, there were a variety of different prizes that we had. I will tell you that that first quarter specifically, people were so excited and so engaged that, and there were 12 of us, so it wasn't huge, but, but nobody took a day off for the first three months. Nobody called out sick. Nobody was like, Hey, I need a vacation. I mean, nothing. People were so motivated and wanted to be there that nobody took a day off. Uh, and I wasn't, you know, beating them over the head. I'm a, I'm a nice guy, right? This was already after my transformation and nobody <laughs> took that. And we also grew in revenue with no additional staff, no new marketing. We grew 75% year over year that quarter, and we were growing faster than our branches in Dallas and in Denver and in Houston. And it's, again, no new people, no new work. It's just, it's just the focus. It's about people wanting to be there. And I truly believe that organizations of any size, they really just ask their people what they want, um, and they do it in a very specific way. Uh, I think that the results can be incredible. And that I think is the most innovative. And that is not innovative at all, I would argue, uh, yeah. but, it, but it seems to be innovative right now. Well, I'm very happy that you are leading the charge for Sugar Mexico. I think there's a bright future there with your leadership and, and uh, Thank think you. great work. So keep up the listening and just continue to activate and the enthusiasm and optimism that you bring, Brandon. Yeah. It's good to know you, man. Awesome. And uh, awesome. thanks for joining us, Rebels with the Heart. Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate the time.